Welcome, welcome, welcome to Curious About Creativity with your host, Ashley Evenson, and my co-host, Steph Turner. Boom, chakalaka. Dude, today I could not be more excited. I mean, I think I've been raving about this guy for way too long. I know that I have just tugged at your ear about him. I'm so obsessed with him. I've known him for a super long time, more longer than I care to admit to show my age. But I had the pleasure of going to college with this handsome young man. And he inspired me then, and he continues to inspire me every single day. He is a poet. He's a spoken word poet. He's an actor. He does so many things. So welcome, Sean. Our guest today is none other than Sean Hill. Sean Hill is an award-winning multidisciplinary artist and humanitarian with the focus of supporting universal inner and outer peace in a realistic, fun, and passionate way. As a SAG actor, host, speaker, touring spoken word artist, and workshop facilitator, he has shared stages and pages with Oscar winners, platinum singers, Grammy winners, literary agents like Kevin Powell, V, formerly Eve Ensler, Jessica Care Moore, Nikki Giovanni, and children from youth homes sharing poems for the first time. He traveled to help build two gender equal schools in Malawi and Nepal. Whoop, whoop. Welcome, Sean Hill. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, y'all. I'm ready to talk deepness and creativity and just anything you like people want to talk about in the world to just make this world better. Oh my gosh, let's go. Let's go. Okay, this is a weird way to start off our podcast, but it is going to go deep really quick. <clears throat> so I told Steph earlier when we first got this started that I knew you during my theater education in college. It was the worst year of my life. It was one of the worst years of my life that I met you. And I have to say, I was in one of the darkest places I've been in. And there was one time where I was crying. I was, it was, it couldn't be more Little Mermaid. I was crying on a rock, like outside of the theater department. And I was like, and it wasn't like a soft cry. It was like a boo hoo cry. And you came up to me and you were like, and it was, I think it was something I had just left a class or like ran out of a class. I mean, it was so dramatic. It was dramatic for the theater department. And like, I had ran out of class crying and I was just hysterical. And I can't even remember what I was crying about. And you came up to me and you, and you just, I can't even remember what you said, but you were just like, you just gave me such compassion. And you just sat in that moment with me. Like I was in such a dark place and you just sat in that darkness with me and you weren't ashamed of it. You didn't make me feel ashamed of it. And I, I remember asking you later, like, why did you do that? Cause I don't think we knew each other that well. And you had said something like, if you felt so bad that you couldn't even go on in a class, like you couldn't move one step further, I knew I had to help you take the step to come back. And I just thought that was so powerful. And like, so earlier we talked about you have this sort of celebrity feel about you and you said it's because you care about people. And that's the thing that I remember most about you is that you're just not afraid to sit in the dark with someone and light your candle and shine for them. Yeah, I... I... I remember the, the the time during that that whole college era that we had that yeah you weren't in the best place I definitely remember that and I remember how much we would talk or bond on some like just personal issues or personal things and like we yeah and you wanted to talk that was the best part I remember like how many times we're vulnerable and we don't want to share right but then the times we're like nah you know what I trust this person like all right. Oh my God. They actually listen. Right. Or just the, the beauty of someone that listens is such a special thing to me now. Like you said, the compassion, like I'm, I'm so glad I even knew how to do that as a college male at that time, which is probably an anomaly. Right. But yeah, no, nothing but hugs and, and big, big, warm love to you for that. That was, oh, thanks for sharing that moment. That was great. Man. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And it's that thing of like being in a hole and trying to get out. And like, sometimes people just sit in the hole and they're sort of like, I don't know how to get out of here. I just don't, I just don't know how to get out of here. And I'm just not going to say anything because like, I have to figure this out myself. And I feel like the gift that I have is that I like to tell everybody my problems. And so I'm always in a hole shouting, like, can somebody please help me? I have no idea how to get out. And you just, <laughs> you're, you're always just standing next to holes being like, who needs a rope? <laughs> who needs a ladder? How can I help? That's absolutely, me, by the way, and, uh, and I'll tell you, you know what, I'll tell you all some like really super top insider secrets about me, okay? I actually do a lot of my friendship 
um, like work, I guess. Like a lot of the times in my friendships, I don't really call people too much as the first person to call them. I usually wait until someone has a problem because I'm not that person that wants to hang out every single day with someone. I'm not that person that let's talk about, you know, uh, the newest pop song. And again, no offense to those people that do, of course, hashtag each their own. But to get to a place where I knew the, the kind of purpose that I have in my life that I want to keep doing certain artistic things that I know will help heal everyone at the same time. I knew I had to stay focused on so many things that I'll just wait until someone really needs like a friend to lean on or hang out with or something. And those will be my peeps. I think we're just more open when we're at our lowest, you know, and that, that kind of vulnerability creates the best kind of friendships and communication and all that. So um, yeah, you know my secret now, basically. You're, I think you're one of those people that like, <clears throat> you might not always be there when people want you, but you're always there when they need you. Yeah, except for birthday parties. Birthday parties, I'll be there. Like I love a good birthday party. You don't know how great it is to just celebrate life. Just, oh, that's the whole thing today. Just to celebrate someone being alive. I'm there. I want to be there all day. Let's go. Okay. I think we should probably get into creativity now that I've told everybody your secret and bore my soul. Let's talk about creativity, shall we? <laughs> Sean Hill, the first question that I'd like to ask you is when did you realize that you were creative or that creativity was going to be a major part of your life? It was a warm summer of 74. <laughs> I remember the breeze even when it hit my face. No, uh, let me stop. That doesn't, that didn't, I'm, I'm, I wasn't born in the 70s, y'all. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the first two times I could safely remember was one when my brother was doing rap poetry at the time and we we're like, super younger, he was five years older than me. He, you know, was in a bad place, you know, at the time he was joined a gang. He was not, you know, feeling just himself and just, you know, wrong place, wrong time kind of, kind of kid at the moment, right? And he would share these poems with me though that were awesome, that were just so cool to me. And they were just, I was like, oh man, you know, and he wanted to share them with me we'd, you know, he made me want to start writing. And the poems that I wrote at the beginning were like garbage, of course. And by garbage, I mean, it didn't have direction. They were very silly, very immature, right? Um, sometimes they were just imitations of what I heard on hip hop songs. Sometimes they were about, the first one I remembered was Independence Day, the movie Independence Day, I think it was. It was like a poem rap about like Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith and me are gonna beat these aliens in the face and wipe them out of space like nonsensical, like, but fun, but like it made me feel free, you know? It was fun for me. <laughs> and I, did, I didn't know at the time I was doing poetry, right? Of course not, I didn't know. Uh, my first creative writing class, my teacher, Mr. Klima, Palisades High, go Dolphins. He actually, the first assignment was describe to us what poetry means to you. And the first thing that came out of me was a poem. And I said something like, it could be about your favorite cereal bowl. It could be about a soccer goal. It could be about something, 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 right? And I just described what poetry meant to me, right? And Mr. Freaking Klima, Steve Klima, great man. He's a great man. He wrote on the paper. He said, this is so great. I really love what you did here. Uh, we're going to be sure to include it on our first anthology of all the poems in the class. And I felt so good about myself, y'all. I felt so, I was like, what, really? You like what I did? Like, oh, like I was so nerded out, right? And it was one of the first times I remember being like just nourished by an older person in a authoritative place, right, about my poetry. And that was a big step for me. That was a huge step for me. And throughout that whole semester of creative writing, I, I just felt so good diving into more things about poetry and learning more about poetry. And I actually went to visit Mr. Klima like a few years ago, and I gave him a birthday poem to him in his class because it was, he was such a big influence and impact on me. And I, I gave that as a thank you and he, we loved it. He loved it. I loved it, that guy still to this day. And I think the last moment of creativity that I noticed was in college where once I saw and studied poetry on a college scale, I saw how much the creativity I felt that I had was part of an entire global force of poetry. That was the first, I was like, wait, there's people doing poetry in China, right? And, <clears throat> in Brazil and all these different places and it's been around for thousands of years what wait how long has it been around and even discovering one of the earliest poems that I remember finding out about was a uh, 
was a poem in China, an ancient Chinese poem that was a love poem. It was so humbling to me to see how far back poetry goes, to see how many things it exists in, uh, to know that movies like What Dreams May Come and you know Seven Pounds were, were even taken from certain lines of Shakespeare poetry. Those kind of things help me see poetry everywhere, help me see the creativity everywhere that I feel like I'm a part of, you know, like it's a global force of poetry. It's so just, it's so refreshing and so wonderful to see the education system do something to enhance creativity. Because I think a lot of times we think about creativity as like, oh, well, it was something that I had to fight for, or there had to be some resilience in me to, to get to this point because I didn't have a support system or I didn't have encouragement or I was told the opposite of what my endeavors should be, or I should stay away from this because I'm not X, Y, Z. Like, so it's really important for you to like, I, I just think it's, I think it's beautiful. Also, I love that you went back to go see, is it Steve Klarma? Klima, Klima. Klima, yeah. excuse me. You to go back, but to go back and see Mr. Klima and be like, hey man, like you, you started something. Like, I think it's so important to highlight those moments. That I, You know, it's funny since I started doing poetry workshops, maybe gosh, like seven, five years ago or so, I started seeing and hearing that a lot of people saying, yeah, you know, I don't know why I stopped writing poetry, but uh, wait, maybe I think it was like this one teacher said it wasn't good or like they didn't like my, my I got it like a C on the poem or something. And then another person had told me they had shared a poem with their boyfriend at the time. And they were like, yeah, they responded really bad. They were just like, what is that about? What is that? What does that mean? And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, no, that would, that would make me stop writing poetry for a few years, probably easily, right? And you just can relate more to those kind of moments that stifle someone for so long and sometimes they're not even conscious of it right that's that's like probably the quote-unquote saddest part is that we don't even know when our creativity is being stifled sometimes and that that hit me that hit me when I really think I'm thinking about it now it's it's making me want to do like an entire like outreach program for for people that have lost touch with poetry I have to say, I think that's something that you already do I really think that you already are like a walking outreach program for poetry because Again, this goes back to that moment on the rock. We somehow got on the subject of poetry, or maybe this is just one of our many conversations we had. But then I remember I was like, oh, I, I wrote a poem one time. And you were like, let's hear it. And I was like, no. And you were like, and you're like, yeah, man, I'm doing a spoken poetry word. Come, like, let's be a part, like, do this with me. And I was just like, no. And you were like, okay, but the door is always open. The door is always open for you to do poetry. And you did that with so many people. You were always opening the door to poetry everywhere you go to everyone you meet yeah ah, guilty guilty as charged actually i i peer pressured a few people this week to do some poetry but the thing is there's so many people i think out there that are just so desperate to get something out and they 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 just want someone to say yes you know and I've, i'm always going to say yes to poetry i'm always going to say yes to that person wanting to share absolutely i feel like you are the personification of high tides rise all boats? Yeah, like I, I have no problem being the most positive person in a room of negative people, right? The, the level of urgency and importance of me being able to express myself and my vulnerabilities, I've seen it in so many poetry nights now and so many events now that the, the beautiful universal truth that seems to exist is that when you see someone share something that's really hard to say, that it gives you a little bit of encouragement and courage to actually say what you need to say that's really hard to say. And it, it's one of those recyclable energies, recyclable traits or gifts or whatever you wanna call it, that really is so immediately cathartic and immediately inspiring. There's, there's no delayed gratification in, in going to a poetry night and you see someone telling stories about, you know, their mom that abused them or, or you know, these stories of, of people that have gone through things that are unimaginable that you would think no one would ever want to talk about that or what, what, you should save that for a therapist, right? And things like that. But then when you see them do it and then you can laugh if it's meant to be funny, right? And you can cry if they're trying to just share the story out. And, and the fact that so much of our creativity can be done in a way with so many different avenues of, of, of just human expression or human feeling 
it reminds us that everything is actually capable of being gone through. Like we can actually handle all of it. And we just need to see that it's possible. We just sometimes need to see that someone else did it before us. And then we're like, oh, wow, no, you know what? I went through that actually. And I can't believe they just shared a poem about that. Maybe I should write about it. And that happens all the time, y'all. That's, that is one of the most beautiful patterns I've seen in poetry. And it's a gift that keeps giving because now when that person shares their poem with their group of friends, right? Beautiful ripple effects. Tides are going up, y'all. Tides are going up. <laughs> There's some forms of creativity that it's just one of those things. Like it almost feels like it, it's born into your DNA, right? And I think that you and poetry do share a DNA. The way in which I see poetry is that it's so deep and it's so personal. And it's, it's one of those things that like, sometimes poems can be light and funny and fluffy and that's fine. But like for the most part, most poems, when, when it comes to you or when it's coming out of you, it's almost like the roots of the tree of your soul and those need to get oxygen and they come out in the form of poetry. Wow. Um... So I, I happily want to completely disagree with you, of course. Okay. Uh, no offense. No offense. I, I think everything you said was just wrong. Um, fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> That's fair. It's your world. I'm just living in it. But no, no. I'll, I'll say there's, there's half truths to that because I feel like, even me just saying that, I feel like, right? There's so many times we say what something feels like, but it's just not true because it's, it's a, sometimes our feelings are not based in truth, in, in reality. So mm. the fact that I know how many years of my life I've been doing poetry, it can feel like, yeah, I was born for this, right? I've been writing poetry ever since I came out my mother's womb. I just came out with a pencil already sharpened. And my mom was like, how did you get that out of my womb, son? And I was like, I don't know, mom, but you got a good sharpener in there, right? Uh, but it's like one of those things where like, no, actually it was, it was years. It was years, years, years of dedication and focus, right? And really diving into it and seeing every angle of poetry, reading so many poems. There's a, there's a quote I love about, you should always read more poems than you write. And it was, it was so beautifully explained because the, um, because the idea here is that in terms of what we wanna do next, if, if you're an artist for the sake of pushing the world forward, then we should learn all the mistakes and all the visions and all the, the goals and all the fails and all the successes of the past. So we can know now what to do for the future, right? Just common sense, right? And then how many times I've noticed that we write something and we think we're so brilliant or like amazing because we're like, wow, I came to this idea and this, oh my gosh. And then I'll see a poem that was written like 1934 that already said exactly what I said like more beautifully and it made me like take a step back I was like wait that let me think about that for a minute like, right it's one of those things that are so humbling but I'm so grateful for because now I realize I don't have to do as much work in certain avenues to really know myself or know the world as much because of course I want to trust all these amazing poets that have already done that work so now I can even take all that in uh sit with it right digest it so much crystallize it and make sure that it addresses all the ills of the world now so we can have a future that even has a better vision than we think we can see. Part of the job of a poet that, that I subscribe to is creating that world visually, mentally, imaginarily, right? To actually present a world like that, that we can all agree on, believe in, push towards, uh, refine ourselves and our thinking and our emotions to even contribute to that instead of just blaming other things or people for not making the world the way it could be. You know, the fact that we have to be able to imagine something to even contemplate creating it, that you, you don't start creating something without some sort of foresight or some sort of inspiration and how important creativity is within that. And, and ultimately that's what creativity is, isn't it? It's like kind of a rethrall sort of uh, mechanism that we can somehow craft into different things um, and we can somehow share between us and we can create between us even just through our brains and through the air between us I think it's so amazing and I was just then also reminded of this idea of like creativity creativity on a collective level when you were talking right at the start about being part of something global and being part of something that spans time as well kind of generations as well and thinking about you know ancestors and how we're actually just kind of building 
we're kind of building on stories that have already happened or um you know feelings that have already been shared and put out in the world we're sort of kind of getting to know that all over again and I think a lot uh, a lot of our guests we've spoken about creativity really being this journey and a process but often people think creativity is the end product, right? So they think it's the poem that you put out or the book that you get published or the piece of artwork that you hang on the wall. But actually the creativity is the actual process. And um, and that's sort of where all these kind of, all these mechanisms happen and, and the magic happens. And also the sort of the shadow side of it as well, that like the, the pain that's encompassed in some of it too, as well as the joy. Absolutely. Well said, well said. I mean, even when um when you were saying having to imagine something right like even that there's the beauty of poetry is that it's so infinitely contradictory even right Be, knowing knowing that you're a contradiction right and then you're existing that way sometimes actually in some poetry exercises we don't imagine anything first and we just start writing it, and it, in this free write exercise it's such a freeing thing to just put out whatever your thoughts are and see where they go the, the ability to do that and create an entire world of thought or feeling or, or landscape uh, in your imagination from just starting, just, just start, right? Just, you know, that, that's it. Like that's actually part of it is just starting and exploring, right? And I love the way you put that because the, the, the exploration of our imagination is essentially the place we need to start. How have you found opportunities of using your creativity to build an audience and, and to bring people together? So this has been a really amazing journey. I would never imagine, right, growing up and like, first of all, no one says, I want to be a poet when I grow up. Like, no, I don't think I've heard any child say that. Second of all, the ways that that people have asked me to be a part of their projects or to support their events or fundraisers or things like that from just me sharing a poem was not expected ever. So in terms of the, our, our old improv, uh, you know, school of acting that we, we have taken, a lot of it has been yes and, you know, and saying yes to something and then adding your own story to it or adding something to make their story better and improved upon, right? And I feel like I've used that so much now. So the first time, for example, that someone asked me, a friend of mine asked me, a friend of my friends, actually, I didn't even know them. They said, hey, uh, that was such a great poem. You think you could write one for my wedding? And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm trying, yeah, okay. I'm scared, right? I was like, oh my gosh, like, you're asking me to, to say something about your, uh, your lifelong commitment of love to your partner? Okay, no, no, okay, no pressure, right? And the first poem I wrote for this couple, it wasn't personal enough. I realized I was, it was kind of a general story of love and it, it wasn't necessarily about them specifically. I could have made it more. And I was like, you know what, but let me, let me keep that poem in my back pocket. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not gonna do anything with that poem yet. And I wrote another poem version for them that was so specific. I asked them all these questions that were more like, all right, maybe I need to ask more questions about what, what they are, who they are to each other and stuff like that. And then it was just a retelling of their love story in the most poetic way that had like the most monumental cinematic shifts that I could possibly describe using words. And they loved it. Uh, I think few people cried. You know, I love to inject humor, of course. And, uh, and now I've, been, I've done so many poems for weddings. It, it's become such a treat now to see a crowd of people so willingly like oh wait what what is, what is he about to do like what is he what's going on wait what oh he does poetry okay oh my god right and it's so fun to see that energy and then to deliver this poem for someone to just receive and feel good about who they are right to feel acknowledged so much of poetry is about acknowledgement right and to see the person's face like squirm right because it's it's maybe new to them they're like oh my god wait he how does he know that wait he remembers that oh my god like or, or like get to a place where where it's a it's a joke maybe an inside joke that a number of their friends know right but not every like all those little things and nuances um just make that moment more alive for people and it makes it such a i'd say such those those like memorable moments right and and i mean for any party too like any event i've done now 
people will say like, oh, I remember that one time you did that poem. Oh my God, it was so good. And then I get all nostalgic and like, you know, emotional. I'm like, yeah, right. That was great. I love that what they did. They were like, oh my God, they, that wedding was so beautiful, right? And uh, and I think the last time that I really specifically created space like that for, for community also, I'll say this, I actually hosted an open mic for about two, no, but yeah, about two years, like a year and eight months or something like that. And it literally started with like five, 10 people. And we knew we wanted to make it a place where it was just equal, where like everyone could come. There was no higher price tier and stuff like that that we do in this world. And it was music, comedy, and poetry. And I'd say a good three, three, four months in, we had the room packed. We were trying to make space for more people even. And we got to that place because I knew the idea that I had was it was about light. It was about, it was called Monday Night Delight, right? Of light, right? And the concept of light, I would always end the night with this poem, with this quote that says, it's better to light a candle than to curse the dark. And that was the whole theme of every single night. We do this once a week on Monday. And the kind of community that was created there was so special, y'all. Like it was so special. And I've kept in touch with a number of people from that open mic to this day. We still hang out. We still do other events. Um, working opportunities have come from that. Like different events and, and global things that I, I, I never would have known about has come from that. And the kind of people you meet when you just create a space, y'all, is so special. And it, it doesn't need to be like some kind of, I don't know. I know we get in our heads sometimes about what we need to make. So the last thing I'll say on this, this part was that even if you make an open mic in your own living room and just have a few friends, just having that ability to, to create a space, a container for people to share something, um, even if it's not creative, if someone just wants to share their thoughts or feelings about the day, like even that has been done in an open mic that I hosted where they were like, can I just, can I just talk about my day? Everybody, is that okay? I don't have a poem. I don't, I don't do songs. Like, and everyone was like, yeah, woo, woo. And it was so great to see that, you know, that we just, hey, I want to listen to whatever you want to share. And I think if we say that more often in this world, world peace in one year, easily. I think listening is such an underrated thing, isn't it? And people assume that it's passive, that you don't actually have to do anything. But listening is incredibly hard work to do it well and to, you know, to give a space and a container for somebody and to platform somebody as well and to give them loads of pairs of ears like what an incredible thing but also what a simple thing to do like why the hell are we not already doing that all the time like what I yeah I need to go away and, and think about that but I think uh, you, you definitely need to patent that and get on with it Sean. <laughs> sorry Steph sorry to tell you this but uh but it is happening all the time there's open mics all over the world and people are doing this every single day of the week, actually. There's even one spot online called openmics.org, uh, spelled M-I-K-E-S.org. And uh, I literally was in Canada one time and I found an open mic there. And it was amazing. It was such a beautiful night. There was a sitar player. I was like, what's a sitar? I wanna know. Cause at that time I didn't, I wasn't cultured on other instruments from beyond American ones. And so like, it was just so beautiful. And I even uh, was asked to make my first poem video from this one guy that was so blown away by my poetry. And he was like, can I record you, my friend? Can I record you? Or he talked like that, I think too, I don't remember. And again, even that community, he reached out to me. I, I'm like, I'm saying yes to him, right? And we're collaborating something on now that didn't exist a day ago before, right? And the artists there were just, again, so opening, so open, so connecting. And that, again, all over the world, this is happening. So I, I want to make sure you know that stuff. I want to make sure you, like, you receive that. Thank you, Sean. Um, I am aware of uh, open mic nights, but I was thinking more about the opportunity just to, or the permission yeah. giving, permission giving to say you can say what you want. You don't have to be a poet. You don't have to be a musician. I think that's, again, I think it's sort of linked to what some of this podcast as well about this sort of missed, the mystic side of creativity and this idea that you have to be something or you have to be very good at it or you have to be very polished at it in order to have a platform or to have your book on the shelf or all of those things so therefore just going and saying one line about how you feel about your day doesn't mm. feel like it has a seat at the table but it absolutely 
could and absolutely should in, in my opinion anyway mm. no thanks for clarifying that yeah that's what you mean all right i got it i got it now thank you that's a that's a great british accent stop it no <laughs> i love how the non-british person is telling me that by the way to be fair i feel like ashley has been the american with the two mainly two you know british accent people in the space so so you know it's it's okay i i'm actually enjoying it it's all good How have you seen your creativity make positive changes in your life and the lives of others? There was one story that that still stays with me to this day where I did a I did this love poem. Um, the Oh, actually, throwback. The poem that I tucked away for a, a rainy day from that wedding. I ended up using it in an actual like performance to see how it would feel and, and what it would do for people. Right. And it was such it became such a powerful reminder of saying I love you to people without expectation. And this poem was about just saying it because you feel it and you just want the best for the person, right? It was at my friend's, I think it was at their the wedding reception. And this person came up to me and they said, hey, you know what? I wanted to tell you, um, you shared a poem like a little while back and well, my fiance, they, it's been a hard time for them to tell me that they love me. And they, they've never been able to say that. And it's really hard for them. And I know they do. Like, I, like there's no doubt about that. But just saying it, they're not big on saying that. You know, it's, it's really tough for them. And they were able to say it after, after they took in your poem. They were able to tell me that they love me. I was like, what? I was like, wait a minute. What are you telling me right now? Did you say a grown man was able to tell you I love you because of one of my poems? Is that what you're telling me right now? And it was like a funny moment. It was a sincere moment. Uh, we had a hug for sure, because that was a real life application, right, of poetry affecting someone's life, improving their relationship with love, with their with their actual loved one. And it was moments like that that I remember, where it's almost like in the sense of what we help heal or build as artists, it's almost like you're helping build bridges between people all the time. And the way you build a bridge sometimes is to unlock their heart or unlock their mind of whatever's locked up inside. And to see poetry do that for so many people in so many different ways, in ways that like, I don't even know until weeks later, months later, years later. And I think the other one that really hit me was uh, uh, when I see kids appreciate my poetry. Oh my gosh. Um, I've done workshops and I, I travel to different schools, right? And so this school, they, these schools that I've visited so far, I don't get tired of seeing the faces, okay? The faces alone, y'all. There was one time at this uh, Oscar de la Hoya High School, oh my gosh, I was doing this poem where it gets really intense in the middle and, you know, very like, it just gets emotional and I'm like trying to, you know, reach out for this, like, it's like super emotional moment I'm describing. And I'm trying so hard not to smile or laugh or crack because this little amazing girl in the front row is like so in the story. They're just like, their eyes are open and they're like, they're leaning on the edge of their desk and they're looking at me like I'm telling like the greatest like tale of all time, right? And it was so beautiful to see how captivated they were and how, how much they were willing to give of their attention and their, their just their whole mind and heart, right? And when I see that, I know that we're connecting, right? I know that connection is real at that point. And, and when you feel just connected to someone and you care about what they're telling you in their story, like that, that alone is healing. That alone is cathartic to just feel connected to someone in their story, right? And even back to, um, I want to say Aristotle and, and Plato and all these great thinkers uh, back in the day, I remember the concept of the ideal realm that all these things that exist in the world, like all these material things, oh, you can look at a table and you see it from a different angle. It doesn't look the same table, right? All these different things we can disagree on. But when someone in the ideal realm tells you, hey, you know what? That thing you're telling me about, I get it. I see it. I know what you mean. That's one of the greatest set of words that we ever feel at home by. It's just someone saying, I know what you mean. And oh my gosh, y'all, every time a, a child says that or like they tell me that, 
I go to sleep happy. I'm good. Like my day is done. We're good. Like the future is going to be fine. All right. Right. So that's definitely one of the most positive things I've seen in terms of the work I've been doing. And then I'd say also all the kind of fundraisers that I've been a part of y'all. I've been a part of fundraisers for, for gender equality. I'd say for literature events uh, of just promoting more reading amongst young people, just healing efforts for so many different causes, um, all the way from, you know, something as simple as, um, you know, a fundraiser for someone that's going through cancer to uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Any movement or any kind of fundraiser or call that I've been a part of, it almost took the other person again to like, let me know how they knew poetry could help improve that event or help push the vision of what they were going for even further. Because then I started seeing the pattern, y'all, that if someone's open emotionally from a poem and they feel something and they remember why they're just even alive right now, then whatever cause you're talking about, they're more present. They're more there. They're more invested in this world. They, they want to care more now after hearing something that opens up that heart, you know? So that was a, a surprising kind of thing for me to understand and learn in this journey. And then for myself, y'all, I've seen poetry now for me as almost one of the best blueprints that I could ever draw out for myself in my mind, in my heart. When I'm able to write and understand why I'm feeling a certain way, whether it's heartbreak or family or a family member going through cancer, right? Or, or some kind of death that happened. And then I can trace every moment that's happened to where I, I'm feeling now the way I feel. It's almost like I'm, I can deconstruct everything that I'm experiencing in this life. And it makes it more manageable. It makes it more easy to digest. It's the kind of healing that I never thought would be so readily accessible. Everyone that's listening, I just, if there's anything I can say to make you write a poem is that you will always have nothing to lose, everything to gain, that when you start writing, this pen will never tell you you're not good enough. It will never tell you you're not smart enough or you're not enough of anything. It's only gonna tell you what you wanna let out of yourself. It's only gonna tell you what you wanna create for yourself. It's only gonna tell you whatever your intention is when you start writing. And it is just one of the most liberating things like having a playground in the sky of your mind. What do you think some of the major or minor barriers to creativity are? The person who thinks they can and the person who thinks they can't are both usually right. That saying has been one of the truest things I've seen y'all, whether they're a student or an adult, and they're like, no, I can't write poetry. What do you mean? What, what do you want me to do? They're not gonna do it. They don't think they can do it. It's a fun, fun challenge for me, for sure, to get to that place in their mind, in their heart, and making those little tweaks or adjustments or, or saying that one thing about, you know, when's the last time you did write poetry, right? When's the last time you did something creative, right? And then they're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I did, I did make that, uh, that architectural design for a building one, like when I was taking architecture classes or something. And I'm like, that is so creative. Like that is the texture of buildings mean things and the color of a wall, right? Says something about the space, right? All those kind of things. I'm like, dude, you don't even know how creative you are. Look at that. And then they'll have that aha moment, right? They're like, but yeah, no, I guess, yeah, I get, okay, no, I could see that. And they walk differently. Now they're breathing differently after remembering their own creative power. And that has always been a treat. And I think seeing, um, seeing how much that, that imaginary barrier that exists, because it's writer's block, y'all. I always say writer's block. Um, I made, oh, I made these notebooks one time to sell, right? I wrote a poem on the inside about writer's block because I knew everyone, of course, I'm at a poetry event, they want to do poetry now, they're scared. This poem's going to remind them, right? And I said something like writer's block is always a neighborhood you don't have to walk to. And it's one of those things that even if you talk about your blocks in a creative way, you can get out of them. And I think I've seen a lot of people do that surprisingly uh, without knowing it 
and knowing it and those those kind of blocks or those barriers then become like their friends at that point you know so that was yeah I think that that the most major block like that has been our own minds and remembering that uh oh this is going to be kind of deep I think when I know how many times poetry has literally saved people's lives right and and prevented them from wanting to hurt themselves it was one of those things that I know the the level of importance of how I talk about poetry with someone or the level of sincerity I always want to bring to poetry with someone that might feel a little sensitive about it right so the kind of encouragement I always want to give is from that life-saving well of inspiration you know when you're talking to someone and it's like uh, you know no accountability there's no one who's going to get hurt okay cool you can talk about you can say anything you want you don't care really but when you know that someone's life might be on the line my gosh we zero in you know our our, our focus is so clear it feels like everything they say matters 10 times more right um we notice their their breathing and their tones more all our listening abilities go th through the roof and it's something that i know that with poetry specifically it literally gives life to people it literally does and it, it it's it's such a great reminder to see that and and to know how much passion comes from poetry how much clarity comes from poetry how much our our relationships, even one client of mine said that their relationships with their parents were improving because certain poems that they talked about, certain different belief systems or certain different things they talked about in their own life through these poems actually helped their parents see them differently. And they were able to have different conversations now than they normally have. They were able to navigate these conversations better. And it just, again, it gives you that, that ability to converse in such a way where your vocabulary is grown, where your ability to be nuanced and specific, right, with your metaphors get better. Uh, the lullabies that we sing to our kids to sleep, we see poetry in commercials, right, and, and the rhyme schemes, and there's, you know, alliteration in so many things that to sell you a product. Poetry literally surrounds us every day, and we never give it credit, y'all. Oh, that was so beautiful. That gave me like chills down my spine. Okay, so technically we have one question left. I do think that you sort of answered it already, but I'm just gonna see if you have anything more that you wanna add to it. What helps you when you have a creative block? I really don't have them anymore. I'm not kidding actually. But oh, wow. I, the closest thing I have to a creative block is probably picking out where to start. And that, you know what, that's a, a universally relative enough creative block, I think, for a lot of people, right? So usually I'll just find a really fun place or a really serious place to start. For example, yeah, for example, I wrote a poem about the, the soldier um, at the Fort Hood base that was like murdered and, and uh, sexually abused. And it was a horrible tragedy over here in America. And it made us look at our military system a lot closer. It made us um, look at the military uh, judicial system with a lot more scrutiny. And there's a whole Vanessa Guillen uh, bill like in law that, that we're trying to get passed. But the point is, is that this story was so big and it was uh, a friend of mine asked me to write something for it. And with, with a story like that, right? I always wanna make sure I, I'm the most earnest writer in the world. And I do my due diligence, the research I've watched. I watched hours of the family talking about her and and the story of what happened and and even learning about the military judicial system and how it's a separate system from the actually American court system right and all these things that a lot of people didn't know and I didn't know at first at all and then hearing all the stories of how many not only women but men as well that were taking advantage of this system um, that were sexually abused on bases and it was covered up and it was hidden and uh, suicides that were actually not suicides when they were actually um, investigated, right? And to put all of that into a five minute poem, right? It, it can feel daunting, it can feel overwhelming for sure. So for that piece, I wrote two or three different versions, right? And I started in different places with it. And it's such a great tool to use that, to, to, to kind of remember that any story can start in any number of places. We've all seen movies, for example, that start at the end, right? 
and and whether it was Memento, right, or that that's the main one I think of for sure. And then like the movie Sixth Sense, where it's it's so linear, but then certain parts are out of order that you don't see, right? Um, it's the same thing with the poem. And the way I describe poetry sometimes is that when you start a movie, you're starting with a scene, right? So the scene can be whatever you want, and your audience doesn't know what's about to happen next. Not at all, right? So you may know your poem and what you're writing, but the way you reveal each line is so special, y'all. It's so nice. And it's such a reveal. It can be such a surprise. And it, it, it can do so many things for mystery to keep people engaged in your poetry, right? With the Vanessa Guillen poem, I remember starting to decide personal and with the family and with this moment that really, it cracked my heart a little bit and it, it hit it on such a note when her sister described Vanessa coming home each week or each month, whenever she would visit uh, back home from the military base. And she would always wait in the window to, to see her come home. And that's where I started that poem from. That's where I finally decided that was like the best place to start that piece from. And again, there's no, there's no right or wrong with it, but it, it's about what you feel best for you to get to that creative place that you can even just keep going and start from to see where that goes and write a full poem, a full draft. And then you can pick another place to start from. If, you, if there's a certain part of the poem that I liked and I wanted to see what it would feel like starting from the middle and going from there, it's such a great puzzle piece, jigsaw puzzle of, a, of like a poetry you know, task to do. And it doesn't feel like work at that point, you know? And it's, it's so fun. It's as serious as the content might be, the, the fun aspect of poetry helps you wanna do it. It helps you want to dive in more, you know? And I think that's a part of what makes poetry so brilliant is that that creativity that we use in expressing it is also part of the whole process as well. You know, the pain, the writing, the focus, even the scatteredness, when we get scattered is part of the poetry. Because you can write something that, that doesn't sound like it makes sense until it wraps up at the end, right? And one of my favorite uh, examples of a suspenseful poem, I'll give y'all to <laughs> get ready, get ready, you ready? This is, this is one of my favorite examples of a poem. Excruciating pain, leaning, nodding. I don't know if I can get through this. So pissed at what my life has become. Feeling pain to the depth of my soul, sitting on this toilet bowl. <laughs> right? Right? That was amazing. That was incredible. Like I was like near tears for a second. And then you were like on this toilet bowl. And I was like, ah, oh. right? Right? But the beauty of that suspense and the way we deliver a line, right? And, and what we could be saying, and it means something completely different by the end of it, right? That is the beauty that I, I love reminding people of poetry. It can be fun. It can be serious. It can be whatever you need it to be. There really is no limits. And once mm -hmm. you learn that, I feel like you're going to be able to give it a go anytime you want. Anytime. We're going to do the rapid fire questions. Okay. I'm ready, coach. I'm ready, coach. I don't know if I'm ready, if I'm going to be honest. I feel like, uh, Sean, you're going to be much more quick fire than I am even asking them. So we'll give it a go. Finish the sentence. Creativity is. A warm blanket that never stops growing. And finish this sentence. Something that is inspiring me now is. The tragedies in the world and the beauty that exists within it. If you had to listen to one song on repeat, what would it be? In the Beginning by Kanan. Oh, wait, or Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson, uh, uh, Better Together. Oh, no. Mm, this is such a tough one to your question. Oh. Pick one, pick go, one. Okay. I'm going to go with Jack Johnson. Um, um, um. Oh, what's that one? It's the one with the, oh, it's like the stars. There, traffic in the sky and it, the Traffic in the Sky song. I'll do that one. Yes. Great. 
You can have one piece of artwork in your home, money being no object. What would you have? Oh, if this exists, I want it to now. A compilation of all the Flash costumes that have been worn by all the actors since the, the 90s series of The Flash. That would be awesome. If you had to pick any film to represent your creative journey, what would it be? First, I thought of the movie Mr. Nobody, which it was like super deep, surreal movie, but I was like, that's not really it because uh, it ends horribly, at least the way I remember it. Uh, so maybe Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Oh, but maybe, um, maybe Gladiator? Oh, I feel like the more deep one would, that feels, I don't know, more right, might be Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Beautiful choice. And finally, no, 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 I change it, I change it, I change it, I change it, sorry, I have to pick a Robin Williams movie for this, because he, he, oh, it's so right, so either, either Goodwill Hunting or Dreams May Come, yes, I'm, I am content with that answer, good, <laughs> <laughs> and fin finally, if you were to inspire a young person, or even your younger self, what book would you gift them to help them on their creative journey? Either Peaceful Warrior, Power of Now, or Malcolm X Autobiography. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be one of those. Because that's, that's too serious a question. You I mean, I'm not going to give you one answer. That's, <laughs> I, I would have to think about that for five years before I give that answer to my, my inner, like my, my younger self or is it just a young child? Oh my God. Like, you I'm know, you're asking right now. You big know. responsibility it's big 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 responsibility do you, know, yeah. do you know what's so funny is i saw the weight of the world land on your shoulders in that question like you really <laughs> took that on you were like oh gosh somebody's future is entrusted to me right now i don't know if i can handle this but you did you handled it beautifully uh oh. if people wanted to just specifically find you what would be the best way to get in touch at let's been reality on instagram and let'sbandreality.com has my email and email list that you can sign up for as well. Yeah, that's about it, yeah. Sean Hill, I cannot thank you enough. Y'all are doing great work. And it's all, I think even what you're doing right here is part of world peace and part of helping people attain inner peace. And so that's, that's my goal as well. So we're all, we're all in the same boat, y'all. And, um, you know, if we're not here for each other, I don't know what the heck we're doing. I don't know what we're doing then. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sean. I really feel like you are sunshine bottled. Although I also, I also don't feel like you can be like encapsulated. I think that you're everywhere at the same time. Yeah, I have two different gonna I'm going to break the bottle for sure. Like if you ever try to bottle sunshine, it gets hot. Uh, things crack from the heat. Yeah. Sean Hill, everybody. Wow. Thank you for listening to Curious About Creativity. If you like what you heard today, please like, review, share, and subscribe. If you leave us a review, it helps more people find us. Big thanks to our guest today, Sean Hill. Curious About Creativity is hosted by Steph Turner and Ashley Evenson. Music by Twins Music. Edited by Bex Deveraj. Produced by Bex Deveraj, Ashley Evenson, and Steph Turner.